everybody, it's Mikey. Just wanted to let you guys know that Shane and I are taking the first week of November off. So we've got two, count them, two new episodes for you this week, October 28th and on Halloween, October 31st. We'll be back on November 11th with a brand new episode. So enjoy the show, guys. Happy Halloween. What do you know? The beat my eyes score. Uh, Mikey made me smoke a cigar. Yo, <laughs> it was fine. It, it was fine. He, we, we he stuffed it in my mouth and lit it. <laughs> it was like a fucking Wiley Coyote dynamite cigar. <laughs> just blew his fucking face off. <laughs> yeah, I'm no, talking. I'm talking through a tube right now. No, I mean, what? What did I mean? Uh, what was your honest read of the experience? You know, how did it make you feel? Uh, it's interesting. I probably wouldn't smoke a cigar again, but I would have a beer with you while you smoked a cigar. Yeah, I mean, I, I rarely do it. It's not like something I do every weekend, but, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I, it's fun. I told you. Contemplative. I enjoyed it. I was really, I was shithouse, though. Good Lord. <laughs> I used to smoke cigars when I was, like, 14 because I thought it made me look like Wolverine. <laughs> I didn't know this. Yeah, it's the only straight edge. Yeah, it's really. Oh my god! It's really the only thing I had like a beer once, but other than that, like I pretty regularly smoked cigars in like I think ninth or tenth grade. Did you wear a fedora? Nope. Didn't you wear some weird hat at one point? Mm. I have worn a fedora before, but not during my. That was during my getting older. I think that I'm supposed to dress like Tim Armstrong because that's what old punks do. Face. <laughs> I remember when I moved to Richmond, I was like, one of the things I said to somebody, it might have even been Shane, I was like, I could do anything. I could reinvent myself. I could start wearing a fucking hat. Like, <laughs> like it was such, to me at the moment, at that time, it was such a drastic departure to put something over the hair that I shaved off my head. <laughs> like, I could get a face tattoo or wear a hat. <laughs> Which is funny because, like, hats were always a very normal thing for me. So Yeah, I'm, I'm literally sitting in my house in the comfort of my own home wearing a hat right now. I used to wear hats when I skateboarded. This is a very boring conversation. <laughs> oh, hat talk. Eat a shit. All right, <laughs> hi, everybody, and welcome to I Don't Want to Play It. I'm Mikey. I'm Shane. And we have a guest. Frequent guest returning once again. Who who is here? State your name. My name's Matt Fisher, and I'm not I'm not gonna say my stupid nickname. <laughs> Even moment, though, Matt. Moment. Really quick before we get started, I'd like to go on record as saying um, that while I have great respect for for you, Shane, I believe that your disparaging remarks regarding the Misfits and also Sour Patch Kids on the last episode should in fact be grounds for the revocation of your PhD and also possibly the removal of your children from your home. <laughs> Come on, man. I don't know. I just... Eh. What is... Like... 
What the? Come here. Come here. Can you can you hear me? Get get close. Can you, <laughs> I can hear you. What, what the fuck? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you Listen, didn't man. really justify it. That was the thing. Like I just I lost my mind. I spit out a bunch of song titles and then we just glossed over it. I mean, I, it is something that we really should address. And of all the song so, titles okay. that you said, Shane's Shane's rebuttal was. Uh, Halloween is the only good song that you named, and that's because probably because AFI covered it. You fucking something or other. Yeah, no, I don't even really like the uh, the AFI cover. Okay, so here's what I'll say: Did you get your me, PhD me... from bullshit college? No, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I put my face in an ant hill, and they gave me Seriously? a PhD. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, so here's let me here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. So, um, and I've, and I've made this argument before is like, I had a hard time listening to older punk because I hated the way that it was recorded. So like, I hated the way it sounded and listening to like some of the old misfits, it had that really shitty recording quality. So like when I, when I started kind of getting back into, or like kind of starting to learn how to appreciate the old stuff, like I can appreciate the misfits. I don't have the nostalgia for the misfits that everybody has and they're fine. Like I'm not be, I'm, I I've obviously was being contrarian to blow Mikey's face off, but <laughs> like, you know, I just, it was one of those bands. Like if I were to go listen to like an older punk band, I have learned to like that style of recording. I've had to learn how to listen to it though. So misfits is just one of those ones that hasn't really tracked for me yet. Honestly, I think if your argument had been, I just don't like, those recordings or that band i would have been fine with it It was the fact that he named a bunch of awesome songs you were like yeah like one one of those is good i'm like what if you like the one how are you gonna how are you gonna like the one and not like all the other ones they all kind of sound the same (laughs) yeah no i know i know i was i mean i like i like i turned into a martian and like shit like that like Honestly, we are 138. Like I, I have fun with them. Honestly, I disagreed with your assessment of the misfits. I felt personally attacked by your comments about Sour Patch Kids. Because <laughs> you guys fucking well, know I, just... I like Sour Patch Kids. And Nerd Rope. Nerd Rope, bro. <laughs> that was my prison name, Nerd Rope. <laughs> I remember I remember stopping at a gas station for provisions, um, you know, out playing a show. I would probably get like a granola bar, maybe a banana, a cup of coffee. Matt would emerge with a giant thermos filled with Coke Slurpee and a nerd rope dangling from his lips. <laughs> it's true. I won't deny that. I love a nerd rope. Oh man. I uh I don't know. I just don't like I just don't like fruit candy. I don't really like sour candy. Like I think I got burnt out on warheads. Like I started real high up there and then like just kind of was like I, there's nothing that hits that peak. Too, also, you flew too close to the sun on fucking nougat wings, you <laughs> asshole. Also, your assessment of the two different types of candies were dog shit because it was really just Easter candies that were Easter candies that it repackaged for Halloween candies. The only Halloween candy that's specifically Halloween is candy corn, and nobody likes that shit. I like candy corn. Well, it's like the old Jack. It's all like the old Lewis Black uh, bit that he used to do about candy corn. Nobody likes candy corn. Everybody eats candy corn. <laughs> Like you'll sit there with a bowl of candy corn and bitch about how gross it is until it's gone. We there was one time we were at um we were at Austin's house. We were like like it was like Chris and Austin and I and he Austin's dad had this like really shitty version of Smarties. Like even chalkier versions of that. I mean Smarties, Smarties are already pretty shitty. Well, yeah, so like now imagine like if it was just like chalk tablets. That that's what he had sitting on. <laughs> he his had desk. Tums, dude. It was Tums. Tums. Dude, that's what it was. It was Tums, and it, we pretty much we just ate a whole bowl of Tums, and we couldn't figure out why we were still eating these things. 
Because it made your tummy feel better. <laughs> My just stomach a, felt so good. Just a bunch of bird bones pulverized into tablets and uh, with dye added. Here, here's what it was. Here's what it tasted like. It tasted like this sound. <laughs> <laughs> so an elderly man ejaculating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dust. Dust come. Oh, <laughs> good Lord. Oh my gosh. So anyway, continue with the stupid show. <laughs> well, I think we talked about um cuz la- on the last episode we talked about uh the hotel in Lake Wales and we needed your opinion on this. Well, yeah, we oh, okay. we decided, you know, we wanted to we wanted to do another edition of I don't want to play it. Just talk about horror games, but uh, we we do need to talk about the hotel first. I believe you guys I I'm only halfway through, so I've heard Shane's Dog shit opinions, and then I heard, uh, <laughs> he I off. heard you talk about, I heard you talk about Sasha. Okay, count Sasha. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so before before we get the episode proper started, we need your take on Power Dial being run by a vampire, and also the hotel in Lake Wales. So, can you encapsulate okay. those two experiences for us? Because we talked at great length about them, but I need your opinion too. Your your assessment. So I have not heard the Lake Wales thing yet. So th- this is a pure third party um, remembrance without being tainted by your story. Um, but before I get to that, the power dial thing, I would say that your assessment was very accurate. I I remember Sasha emerging <laughs> at some point. I remember his his blinds being drawn and his his office being dark. And I distinctly remember during one-on-one meetings with him his deep concentrated breaths as if he was fighting back the hunger that that only the undead know On, only the the lap dogs of satan understand one thing that i forgot to clarify when i talked about i called him mark wiener i made mention of his uh his slight physical deformity and i forgot to add why i was talking about him in the first place Mark Wiener was like Sasha's Renfield. He readied the office for the master. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was Sasha's human familiar. Yeah, and honestly, <laughs> I I think that that's kind of what brought it all together for me because I thought, man, I met with Sasha the first time. I thought that's an odd dude, but I didn't immediately think like vampire. And then I think that you turned to me and you were like, dude, I think you and Steve had already started having the conversation about about Sasha's affliction (laughs) and I think you turned to me thinking that I knew or like had already heard about the the vampirism and we're just like dude Wiener is Sasha's human familiar and it just dawned on me like a like a a black sheet Um, all I could think of is like how many power dials he's opened over the centuries yeah and how many people have disappeared a lot of people started that job and a lot of people worked for about a week or two, and then we never saw them again. And I was thinking that he was just stacking them up in the broom closet. <laughs> like, I mean, that place was so fucking miserable. Steve's cubicle used to be on the other side of mine, and he he drilled a hole through with a pen, and he would like wave at me with his finger through the hole. <laughs> it was such it was- an awful fucking place. It's definitely a blood trap. It was like, "Oh, come here. We'll pay you. You can work whenever you want. Make your own hours." Yeah, we were we lucked out. We we sucked so bad they didn't want to turn us. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So Lake Wales. Here's what I remember. 
we um, decided around dusk, so it wasn't quite dark yet, but I feel like it was dark by the time we got to the, the first balcony. Um, it was uh, close, yeah. Yeah, so it was around dusk. We started our journey around the... So there was, seemed to be like a singular path that led to like a fire escape type thing up onto the balcony of the second or third floor that circled the, the time that I started uh, to second guess the decision to go into the building was when we circled the pool, which looked strikingly similar to a Resident Evil style, um, like maybe a, a giant alligator lived in it or some other. <laughs> yeah. Um, and a, a giant worm just. Right. Yeah. And so then we got up to the balcony. So I, I never even went in the interior of the building. We got up to the balcony of the, like I said, second or third floor. And uh, I looked down and uh, saw a pigeon with its wings torn off and said, no, that's I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Um, that was that was like the main part of the story because did you you didn't show me the bird i found the bird too yeah i mean there i think there were several dismembered birds because wasn't there a guy in there (laughs) did you make it to the interior where the guy was like where there was like a guy in the corner we saw him across the the you know it was it was the balcony to balcony we saw him across the way and he waved his hand at us really creepy. That's when I ran out. See, I thought you were there with us. I thought you were in the building with us. And when no, I no, ran no. down into the street, I'm catching my breath and I see a wing. And then right around the corner, I see the other wing. And like, I'll forever remember that shit. It was so fucked up. No, I exited quite early in the adventure. <laughs> I was, you know, at the time, I was, even though I, I don't feel like I was really. I was always the one that was just like, nah, I'm not going to fuck with this. <laughs> I was like, I feel like whenever James would be like, we're going to do a Ouija board, I was just like, nah, I'm not. We named no, the episode after your quote because I think about it all the time. The second time we went back with uh, Shane's band, Virginia's for Lovers, uh-huh. and you and I both refused to go in because it was also the dead of night. And yeah. um, we had already been scared by the bird-eating bum, and we didn't know what the fuck was in there at night. You and I sat on the hood of my old uh, navy blue Saturn, and you said, I don't have to do that. <laughs> and every time I don't want to do something, and I say that, I, I remember that moment. I'm like, nope, I don't have to do that at all. Nope. Those, are, those are, no are words of power. I don't <laughs> have to do that. A fucking yeah. mantra. Now, now again, I haven't heard the episode all the way through. Did you also recount the 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 ghostly music that wafted through the town at around sundown? <laughs> yeah. Yes, was, we did. Okay. The piano music that we couldn't really pinpoint, but we assumed it was coming from a store that had a PA that was pointed at the street, but mm. we could not find it. Did you guys talk about yeah, man, there's so much. <laughs> oh, and we stayed and we we stayed basically on a campground that was it looked like Camp Crystal Lake. And I think we were all too afraid to go to sleep, and there was a gymnasium there, and we just rode bikes around and hit each other with wiffle ball bats all night. Now, do you remember the girls that we stayed with who later revealed to us that that home was previously owned by a serial killer who had a torture chamber in the basement? Well, and see, I always found fault with that because there was no basement. And if it was, I think they said it was a, a house on the street, but there were no basements there. 
But yeah, it could, I mean, it could have easily been a torture chamber. Florida's full of fucking torture chamber freaks. So yeah, I do remember that. They told us after we had stayed the night. And when we woke up, I was just like, "Huh, Shane, your wife was there." Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, she's told me about that story. Yeah. Um, and then she also says, "I don't want to talk about it anymore." <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of those stories from that time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> better better left unsaid. Maybe now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh did I ever tell you the story about when I was working at the record label there was like a metalcore band that we signed from Texas who um like they were on tour somewhere in the Midwest and the you know like typical tour situation like this kid was like hey you guys can stay at my house and they went and stayed at his house and he like bought him a bunch of pizza and all this other stuff and they were like, where are your parents? And he was just like, oh, my, you know, like my dad's out on business. He just like leaves me his credit card and, you know, he'll be back in a couple of days. And then they stayed there for a day or two and he just kept buying them like groceries and pizza. And like they like played all those video games and everything. And then they left and two or three days later saw on the news that that the dad had been found in the ground freezer and that the kid had killed him and cut him up. Whoa. Holy shit. That's verifiable. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, it was wild. There, I do not like sp- that. Spooky Halloween tale. <laughs> wait, wait, were, okay, yeah. so the last thing I want to ask you about, because I guess this is kind of half and half Matt's uh, paranormal stories, and the rest <laughs> is going to be us jawing about video games. But do you recall when you, uh, it was some impromptu trip to Chicago that you took, and you mm-hmm. went to see, I think, Fallout Boy, and you went with some of our friends back when they all used to live at the Carolina Club when you guys were all crashing there. Mm-hmm. And a man tried to make you pull over in the middle mm-hmm. of the night. Yeah, that was probably like the most... Because it wasn't really paranormal. It was just like, this person's a crazy person, and they're trying to get us to pull over so they can kill us. We were we were going to, to DeKalb outside of Chicago to stay with John, who's the singer from Dead to Fall. Oh, and it was late at night and I was in the passenger seat and Mike Brown was driving and Amber was in the back and um, this guy pulled up beside us and turned on his dome light and just the look on his face was undescribable. Like it was, (laughs) I don't, I don't even know. It was like, it wasn't a human person. Just like, um, like exactly like whatever scary movie you're thinking of that's what it like maybe particularly a japanese horror movie like just sort of a weird like an angry grin i don't even know how to explain it and he just started pointing to the side of the road and i was just like frozen and and the dude driving was just like oh fuck no and kept speeding up and the guy kept speeding up to stay behind us and he just kept like pointing to the side of the road like really fiercely and like maniacally as he was either laughing or screaming pointing to the side of the road trying to get us to pull over and we sped up a little more and like pulled in front of him and he like rode our tail and this went on for a while and then finally he like like you know slowed down or whatever and we sped up and got away from him but it was horrifying that's a good one man what if his car just disappeared? Like, what if it was like a ghost car? I feel like, yeah, that it, I'm one false memory away from that being real. <laughs> uh, the only other, the only other one um, is when I was one time driving back from Deland and was like 
we got lost. I will, I took a left, like, you know, when you come out of downtown Delaney, you take a right to like get back to international or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I took, we accidentally took a left. So we headed, we were heading toward, um, Casadega and it was the middle of the night and we were driving. It was me and this kid, Brendan Bailey, who read like, uh, um, Matt Mitrick and I grew up with. And, um, there was just a dude walking down the side of the road. There had not, you know, it's that part of Florida where there ain't, it ain't like there's a Seven Eleven every couple of miles, you know? And there's this dude walking down the side of the road or a person walking down the side of the road in all black in a black cape, a black hood. And what I can only describe as a black fencer's mask, just walking down the side of the road with his cape billowing in the wind. And we were, I mean, just screaming. And then <laughs> um, we finally figured out that we were going the wrong way, but we were like too scared to U-turn because we didn't want to pass the guy again. But we eventually turned around and went back and he wasn't there. Hmm. Oh, those are good ones, like, man. Good where ones. did he come from? Right. Yeah. Where did and where did he go? I, like, I can't. It's hard to. I think you guys are getting the visual. Like it's hard unless you grew up in Florida. It's very hard to get the visual of what these roads are like. Yeah. There's just nothing there. It's just it's just shit scrub woods on both sides. Yeah. There's nothing there, and it's not even like they're. It's not even like the woods on either side are particularly friendly woods. You know, they're they're not camping woods. They're like palm frond. Snake wood. They're like swamp woods. Snake woods. <laughs> snake woods. Oh, y'all got some snake dirt over there? Yep. All right. All right. Yeah, they, Um. I mean, they're roads that they look it, like when you see a person walking down it, it literally doesn't make any sense because you, you, your first question is not, uh, is that person okay? Your first question is always, where did they come from? Yeah. It's always. Very, it was I mean, a, to be was, fair, yeah. there's a lot of people walking those roads because almost everybody in Florida has a DUI. So <laughs> <laughs> that is like a very Florida thing. Is like you could literally see you you could literally see like a specter walking down the side of the road holding its own head, and your first thought would be like, "Must be a meth thing." <laughs> I don't like, know. It must do be you, on meth. Like that DUI, that DUI stuck through its through the afterlife. They can't even drive a carriage. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. Let's get to the games! Let's get to the games! And your suffering will be legendary, even in hell. So, we thought we'd start it off with our retro recommendations first this time. And since Matt is our distinguished guest... And he just finished freaking everybody out with his tales of terror. Matt, go ahead. You go first. What's your retro recommendation for this episode? So my retro recommendation um, for for like horror related video games is the NES Jaws. Um, <laughs> I know Jaws is you know more of a, a maybe a creature feature or a or a or a suspense adventure, but I don't know. It's pretty horrifying, especially if you grew up in Florida. Um, I say it qualifies because that movie scared the fucking piss out of me when I was a kid. That movie is yeah. That that yeah. movie makes you afraid of swimming in pools. I mean that movie that movie made me afraid to take a bath. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It is also that movie. No matter how many times I see it, is one of the best movies I've ever seen. But also, some, there's something about that movie that I I think it's the like wonder and the like the. 
when the soundtrack is joyous, it's so good that you forget how horrifying that movie is. Like a man is eaten alive in full sight of the camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like sc- he dies screaming in that movie. Hundred men went in the water. Three men come out the water. I can't remember the quote. <laughs> it's, it's the eyes like a doll's eyes. <laughs> they don't even they don't even seem to be living till they roll over white. Ah, uh, then there's a screaming. Um, <laughs> but none of that is in this bullshit video game that made me so frustrated that I wanted to to throw up. Dude, you used to play this at the Sixth Street house. That was the first time I actually played it. That's I never. I it was one of the first games I ever bought when I was a kid. When I was when was NES for us? Six or seven years old, seven or eight years old, young. It was one of the first video games I ever bought. I can remember going to Toys R Us, and that was back when at Toys R Us you would pull like a card and take it to like a cage, like they were cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you would take the card to like a cage, and they would hand you the cartridge after you paid for it. And um, yeah, it's just it is a really good game. It is like a perfect example of a game where they took their limited resources for like eight bit video game programming and maximized it. Um, it's an infuriating game, and it's an impossible game to beat, like so many NES games. But it is also a very stressful game. Like it's stressful in the way that the movies are stressful. You, you know, you're on a little boat, and you jump. You know, you you either hit something. I think you just kind of like it's like with uh, like Final Fantasy or Zelda too, where it's like the overworld. You just get like sucked into the battle. Right. You just yeah. You drive the boat around, and you either hit something. Or you hit Jaws, and you you jump in the water, and um, depending on where you are in the game, you have a little submarine, or you're just out there, just you in a wetsuit and a giant shark. But there's like weird parts of the game that make it tense, where it's like, oh, you hit something, go check it out, and then Jaws never shows up. Um, and so it builds this weird tension where you're just fighting jellyfish or whatever, and then sometimes and he won't like show collecting up. Collecting shells and shit. Yeah, conch shells were apparently a prime form of currency wherever that took place. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, I don't know, man. I just remember being a very stressful game um, and really carrying over that feeling from the movie. Did you ever get to the end where you're supposed to stab Jaws with the boat? I did. It was bullshit. <laughs> so you have to get – you got to get – you got to upgrade your boat to be a big boat, and then you have to get the um, some sort of thing. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah, yeah. Well, it started with a normal boat, but now I got a big boat. Um, and then you have to get this radar so you can search for Jaws, which I don't know how that works. And then you have to get this thing that you can like. It generates some sort of sound wave. I think it's from Jaws: The Revenge. I think the whole game is based on Jaws: Jaws: The Revenge, um, <laughs> Ooh, which was rough. which was a which was a movie where a shark roars at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I. I don't know why, but I had Jaws the Revenge recorded on a VHS tape off of TV. I used to watch that fucking movie all the time. Michael Caine's in it. Yeah, Michael Caine yes, and, Mario yes. Van, and Mario Van Peebles. Yes! Oof. <laughs> um, it is definitely like, that's a great example of a movie that um, to, a, to an eight-year-old seems like a very good movie. Yeah, absolutely. I loved it, and now it's it's hard to watch. It's unwatchable. I mean, it it's... is an unwatchable film. <laughs> it is a it is it is like it is a high budget The Room with a shark. I love 
<laughs> oh, hi, shark. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I did not eat her? <laughs> oh, it opens. It opens with the shark with the shark biting someone who's not in the water's arm clean off, like like as if a chainsaw had taken it. Yeah, it's it a a Roy Scheider's kid, kid, uh, yeah. but he's like grown up, and yeah, it rips his fucking arm off. It is a very <laughs> and Michael Caine's character's name is Hoagie. <laughs> Man, um, but yeah, so my pick for retro was definitely the NES Jaws game. It was uh, it was entertaining. Um, it it used its limited resources to create a repeating pattern of gameplay that kept you moving, even though very frustrating. Um, but ultimately it was a Nintendo game, so it wasn't really worth finishing. It wasn't worth, the juice was not worth the squeeze by the end of it. <laughs> the dive was not worth the conk. <laughs> My retro game recommendation is a, a little game that is horrifying in its imagery. Um, and it's called Altered Beast. <laughs> Rise from your grave. Rise from your grave. Dude, that game was so scary when I was a kid. Like, I, you know, I don't think I realized it was zombies. But, like, then you start realizing that, like, you're a zombie fighting these other demons and zombies. But even when you get to the end of the first level, after you turn into a, a, a super-powered werewolf, the creature that you fight... <laughs> Yeah, is insane looking. Yeah, how much scarier would werewolves be if they could fire like high energy chevrons from their hands? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly like like that's this whole game. So you start. So the whole premise of this game, it's a side scrolling like beat 'em up game essentially, and uh, like you fight zombies and they they like come out of the ground and then you get these like special orbs that that power you up and you yourself are a zombie you're a fallen creature a fallen warrior that zeus resurrects to save his daughter and so now you're fighting like zombies and you're kicking three-headed dogs in the face so you can get power-ups and then you literally get like stronger and more muscly but your head doesn't get any bigger and then only the human part of you gets more muscly. The wolf part stays the same. <laughs> yeah, the wolf part stays the same. And then you turn into a a werewolf. And then but here's the thing, is like the powers aren't consistent. So as you go through the game, you know, the first level you're a werewolf, the next one you're a were dragon. Yeah. At one point in time you're a were bear. And then <laughs> further on, you're a were you're a were tiger. And they all have different powers. <laughs> I've never beat uh, I think I beat the second stage like once and then I, I fucking gave up because that little low kick you got to do to kick the dog. I miss it every fucking time. Yeah. Well, here's what's interesting about the game. Like the way it's designed is like you can't get to the boss until you're the where thing. Yeah. It so just goes forever. So like you'll play and play. It goes forever until you're the where thing. So anyway, the first the first boss that you fight is this giant stone wood looking thing that throws its own face at you. <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah, I do. dude, I still have the cartridge. I, I pop it in every now and again, dude. And then the second one is this weird plant that fires its own eyeballs at you. <laughs> it's a lot of eyeballs, too. It's so many eyeballs. Oh my god, <laughs> it's just, it's it just, it's just, it looks creepy. It looks uncomfortable. Like everything is hell. Like that's what it looks like. Is everything is hell? But everything's hell. But also Rome. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Everything is hell, but Rome. It's basically, it's basically uh, the underworld. In Roman Greek culture, but the third thing is a snail dragon. 
that you fight. Like all of it's just creepy and weird. And and like I just remember being like so uncomfortable watching this game and playing this game and going through it. I don't think I ever beat the second level myself. Dude, can you imagine? Cause this was when the Sega first came out, Altered Beast was the pack in. And then when they made Sonic, yeah. they switched it. Can you imagine buying it, getting it for Christmas, and that's the first game you played? <laughs> and then Sonic comes out, and you're just like, well, shit! The only thing, my only memory of this game is there was an Altered Beast cabinet at the Mr. Gaddy's Pizza, which uh, <laughs> I don't know if Mr. Gaddy's was a national chain or not, but it was like CC's before CC's. It was like a place you'd... You had like a pizza buffet and there was a room where they played Looney Tunes cartoons on like a projector and there was an altered beast cabinet in there and they had cinnamon sugar pizza and we would go there. That's like where they would hand out trophies after soccer things. That's that sounds like uh, extra pizza that there used to be in South Daytona. That place was awesome. Yeah, I remember extra pizza. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, extra pizza was rad. There was an well, altered beast in Mr. Gaddy. I, you know, I it's funny because like. I don't think I really thought about this game. And then a few years ago, I picked up that there's a there's that band Forensics that has like a they have a record called Things to Do When You Should Be Dead Anyway. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. they were like one of those bands that was like related to like uh, like Page Ninety Nine and stuff like that. But the last song on that record is called Welcome to Your Doom. And <laughs> Welcome to your doom. And like the 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 chorus is like Welcome to Your Doom. Uh, Zeus has called you out, zombie scum or something like that. That's awesome. Yeah. So Alter Beast would benefit from like a PS4 makeover if they turned it into like a really awesome uh third, you know, uh side scrolling brawler or something or like a third person one. Like, I think it would be I think it'd be really cool. Yeah, it would be it would be wild. I don't know that I can play it though. I don't know that I have the stomach for it because the guy throwing his face at you is just too much for me. <laughs> That's what got you. <laughs> That's the part that got me. And it's not even scary. It's not even underground. It's like literally you're in a graveyard and this giant rock tree starts throwing this devil face at you. Keep your face on your face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that game sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid game. (laughs) I can remember I can remember pumping one quarter into that thing and like not even it was one of the few games I'd walk away from before I was dead. (laughs) <laughs> you're like I, I didn't need this quarter like nah i don't want to play this i'm gonna go watch looney tunes all right man good one was it <laughs> well it was fun talking about it the game does suck but yeah yeah the game's bogus i mean like i bought i picked up a, a used cart for like two bucks just when i bought a bunch of sega games so nice all right so my retro recommendation for this episode is a sorely underrated super nintendo side scroller and it's a spinoff of uh, the Rage Quit Fury Factory, known as Ghosts and Goblins. Game's called Demon's Crest. You guys ever played Demon's Crest? I don't think that I've ever played this. Do you guys ever play Ghosts and Goblins or Ghouls and Ghosts? I definitely played Ghosts and Goblins. Fuck that stupid game. Oh, yeah. That Dude. game was so fucking hard. Oh, my God. It's like, okay. I, like I was saying... I had some Nintendo bits. I had this whole thing about Mario and relationships when I was open micing, but I also had one that I never got to do. I turned it into an essay where I compared, I compared ghosts and goblins because you have to beat it twice to, to technically beat it. And it's a horrendously difficult game. So I compared it to working hard your whole life, having a stroke on the golf course. Then you, you fight your way out of the coma 
And then when you leave the hospital, someone just shoots you in the face. Oh, my God. That's awful. That's ghosts and goblins. So it's like if you're golfing, if you work hard your whole life and then you're golfing and then all of your armor explodes off of you for no good reason. <laughs> and you're just left in your underwear but hearts on it. Yeah. So your armor, you can't keep your armor on, but you do have an infinite amount of giant lances that you can throw at people. <laughs> that is true. Why don't you take some of that lance cloning technology and figure out how to keep your fucking armor on your body? <laughs> and the game opens, Ghosts and Goblins opens where you're you're in your underwear with a girl in a graveyard. <laughs> so yeah. We- <laughs> Um, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so our story opens on our hero. It's like, skirt, you may be wondering how I got here. <laughs> so Demon's Crest, there was a spinoff series called Gargoyle's Quest, and there was one that was on Game Boy. The second one was on Game Boy and NES, and this one was the only one on Super Nintendo, and it's the best one because the other ones are like Zelda clones. Um, so the title, the character you play is the red devil from ghosts and goblins firebrand. The one that like literally skull fucks you at every turn in ghosts and goblins. You know, the name of the, the devil. <laughs> yeah, man, it's firebrand. <laughs> you know, the name is if these stories have like rich, like deep, rich mythology. <laughs> this one does. Um, does it? I mean, it's okay. Oh my god, you're such you're like this is like such a like I I don't think that I knew that you had this in you. You don't fucking like the misfits. Don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but you continue. I'm glad you know the name of the demon from Ghost and Ghost. It's fucking. It's right there in the packaging. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you just have to open the packaging and read all of it while you're taking a poop. <laughs> well. Um, Demon's Crest is not as difficult as Ghosts and Goblins. It's it's a side scroller, and I mean you can fly, you can hover, you shoot fireballs as you go. You kill bosses, and you get all kinds of new power ups, and they're they're crests, hence Demon Crest. Um, there's this kind of confusing overworld map, and you can fly around it, but most of the shit's locked or too difficult, so you have to kind of go in order because you get stronger as you go. But um. The bosses are one of the really cool things about it. It's like very retro Dark Souls almost. It opens with a fight with this awesome zombie dragon, and you get to fight this like giant skeleton, this mass of eyeballs, and a reanimated pile of roadkill and zombies. There's some really cool bosses in it. And, uh, I mean, it's challenging, but it's definitely not as hard as the other ones, and there's all these multiple endings, but I've never beaten it. But um, I have a repro cart because you can get it for like 15 bucks, but the authentic one is like 100 bucks on eBay. So you could also get it on 3DS Virtual Console. And if you got a Switch, and I think all three of us do, uh, if you pay for the service, it's one of the Super Nintendo games you can get that they just oh. released. Okay. I, do, I do remember this game now. I'm looking at screenshots of it. I, it's funny, like games like this, why weren't all Super Nintendo games just this? Like, I feel like Super Nintendo. This was the this was the quintessential Super Nintendo type game. Yeah, it's I like mean, why yeah. do anything different? Just like take Demon's Crest and do that, and then like okay, now make it Wolverine. Okay, now make it <laughs> yeah. a Ninja Turtle. Okay, yeah, now make yeah, like yeah. just the exact. It's the Capcom the like the side the Capcom side scroller for Super Nintendo is untouchable, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that they're all the same because they're all great. 
I love the uh, the Capcom logo with the that shimmery sound effect when you when you pop the the game in that you hear. It always reminds me of Street Fighter because I heard it most playing that. But yeah, sorry. Earlier, did you say did you use the phrase repro cart? Yeah, it's a reproduction. So it's like it's the cartridge with the label, and it looks exactly like like the actual authentic one, but you don't have to pay for it. <laughs> I, I have a lot of like original cartridges, but some of them are so fucking expensive. And I and I have I have a Super Nintendo. I want to play it on that. So nerd. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's amazing. You used to <laughs> so amazing about that. You you used to skateboard. I know. I was a fucking I was I was a badass. I don't have to you prove anything anymore. You were so cool when I met you. Dude, I was not cool when you met me. The you fact sir? that you thought I was cool tells me that you were even less cool than I thought you were. I guess, but was I <laughs> but was I abbreviating the phrases for reproduced video games? Cool uncool? Why would I say reproduction cartridge when I could just say repro? Because other people don't know it, what man. you're saying. Yeah, nobody. Because even, people don't know what you're saying. Nobody well, cares. You have the game. Who cares? Get with it. <laughs> Listen, I'm an educator, and I can do what I want in my spare time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an adult with a career. I can do what I please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you wanted to eat cake for dinner, you could do that too. It still makes you. Not a normal adult. Eh. All right. I don't, I don't know, man. I just wasn't familiar. Look, I just wasn't familiar with the phrase repro cart. That's all. Well, then I think you need to step your game up. So I okay. I also <laughs> I the difference between the three of us. You are both married and have children. I live with my girlfriend, who is a stand-up comedian. Like we have time. I will like, say I- that is a fair argument. Like. I'm not even being sarcastic. That's fair. If I didn't have kids, I would probably be on the same level, either about video games or some other weird shit. I see. I would. I would be on that level with some other weird shit. Like I, I video games were something that I did not play a lot of, and you'll see when we talk about new video games uh, how far away from that I am. But uh, I, you know, I, I would have found some other weird shit to to dig into. I'm sure. I'm done with this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's not the it's not the official cart. It is the repro cart, bro. <laughs> Dog will hunt. All right, so after being uh, summarily raked over the coals for my my fascination with old school technology, let's turn to the present. And I know Matt is playing something right now that definitely qualifies for a Halloween episode. What what's the game, Matt? Oh man, um, so this game is called Control. It is it's it's a game for people who like things that are hard to explain. So it's it's like it, the way it was pitched to me was. It's like if you played a third-person shooter inside the Black Lodge. Um, <laughs> okay. And that's real. So in the first, literally the first four minutes of this game, you walk into a big government building where the walls are all shifting. You bump into the janitor who speaks Hungarian. He says something weird to you, and then you turn around, and the hallway behind you has changed. <laughs> um, oh, wow. 
And so the premise of the game is basically like you're this woman and you sort of like wake up in this government building and you're you see a vision you're shown a vision by the janitor of the building who's some sort of weird like um clairvoyant you're shown um that the director of whatever this government agency is has recently killed himself and that now you're the new director it's real weird y'all and and the way it basically unfolds is that like the building you're in is the Bureau of Control, and they are a secret government agency that deals with the astral plane and, like, things that go into and come out of the astral plane. Huh. And oh, cool. uh, basically they just deal with, like, reality anomalies, like anomalies in reality. And you have this, like, innate understanding of a force that you call Polaris, which represents itself in sort of like a blue shell that appears to you occasionally. Um, and uh, the the Bureau is under duress because they've been invaded by a sound that is a hiss. So they're invaded by the hiss. And if you hear the hiss, you're <laughs> like overcome by... Veil. Yeah, it's very much... Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Um, if you hear the hiss, you're overcome by it and you basically become like kind of a zombie, like enemy. Um but some people that hear the hiss, their reaction to it is simply that their body is suspended in air and they like speak the words of the hiss over and over again. So as you're walking through this like weird ag- abandoned government building, um, there's just bodies hanging suspended in that way that like creepy exorcism movies have where their chest is sort of pulled forward and they're yeah, like suspended yeah. in air. And if you play it with headphones on, you constantly hear the hiss. Um, so, in varying yeah. volumes. Is it on PS4? Or is it on? It, it is. It's yeah. I have it on PS4. It's a really good. I don't. I think Switch is the only one that doesn't yet have it. So it's PS4, Xbox, and PC. I watched some footage of it. It, it reminded me. I mean, not that I, I know that's not a similar game, but like the government building reminded me of some Assassin's Creed shit. Like with the, uh, what, what was the thing that they used? The Animus and all that. Oh and yeah. Like Mirror's Edge, like the free running game. It kind of mm-hmm. reminded me of. Mm-hmm. But um, no, it looks really cool. It looks spooky, and uh, the shifting walls—that's pretty disorienting. It looked pretty awesome. Yeah, it's weird. Like you just turn around, and for no reason, something won't be there. And it has that. It it like engages that really specific spookiness, kind of like The Shining a little bit. Very like very David Lynch, where it's like the spookiness of everyday things. So um, the idea is that there are objects of power, um, but the objects of power are all like. One of them's a slide projector, and like every time the slide moves to a new picture, it like alters reality. Um, one of them is like a refrigerator, and the refrigerator kills people. And if they don't, oh, you have to stare Death at bed, the, ref- the bed that eats. <laughs> the right? I was just yeah. thinking that <laughs> it's like a yeah, it's like a refrigerator that vibrates at such a wavelength that if you look at it, it it is inert, but the minute you blink, it it murders you. Um, fuck? And then That's there's awesome. like there's and throughout the building, there are these light switches that seem to just dangle from nothing. And um, a lot of the game is based on the rule of threes. So if you don't know what to do, just do something three times. And if you click it three times, it teleports you to like uh, a hotel in the Bahamas that they call the Sunset Hotel that has these weird like puzzles inside of it that you have to solve. Um, it's real weird and it's real creepy. And Did you finish it yet? 
uh, yeah, I finished it, and it had. Uh, I'll say from a gameplay standpoint, it has a fantastic ending that um, really pulls you into the game, and then it has one of the best like post-play. You know how sometimes games will end, but then there's like, oh, like here's other things you could do if you want to keep playing. It has yeah, one yeah. of the best like post credits like gameplay segments I've ever played in my life. Um, but uh, it's super good. I wanted to read some of, so I, I actually found a transcript of what the hiss is saying, um, and I wanted to read some of it just to like okay. sort of drive home how creepy it is. So as you're walking through the game, you just hear a lot of whispering. Um, everywhere and and whenever you encounter someone who's possessed by the hiss uh, or you yourself are in danger of being possessed by the hiss what the hiss says is you are a worm through time the thunder song distorts you push the fingers through the surface into the wet we wait in the stains the word that describes this is redacted and it just like says stuff like this over and over just really weird random things Jesus, it's horrifying how long yeah. uh, how long of the of a playthrough is it it's not super long I, I, the the big complaint like if you read the reviews online people's big complaints are that it's short but i think it's like it's like that show the leftovers it's like there's a very specific story that they wanted to tell and they didn't need a lot of time to tell it and it's it's a beautiful game so i appreciate uh i, I mean honestly i appreciate a game that doesn't take fucking 20 hours cuz i know it's going to take me months to beat cuz i can't sit and play it for long stretches of time like that Mm. there's a very disconcerting use of a certain new metal song in it um <laughs> that there's like a there's like a point where you have to like drown the hiss out and somebody hands you some like headphones and you put them on and then there's like a real bad new metal song in it. <laughs> but other than that it is a pretty flawless game and just that delightful kind of creepy that like transcends normal creepy you know like it goes into a different realm um yeah, the changing uh the changing structure, that sounds like it's right up your alley, Shane. Yeah, it's uh I don't get what you're getting at, but that sounds really crazy. No, fucking yeah. house of leaves, man. You turn around the, th- oh, the house shit. is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I hear what you're saying. So, um yeah, I wouldn't have equated like I'm looking at the footage and I wouldn't have thought house of leaves immediately. So, well, the vibe um, the vibe is very house of leaves though, Shane. Like that it, again, it's that thing where like this is frightening, but there's nothing directly scary going on. Yeah. No, it looks terrifying. Like I'm I'm like checking out footage right now. It looks like it's a uh, it looks like something I would play. Yeah, I mean, you would probably like it. Honestly, it's very cerebral and very like actually house of leaves is a great comparison. It is the people who made this game 100% 100% read that book. <laughs> no, I, they like had the, to uh, I like the over the shoulder uh stuff too, like the way the character and it zooms in when you aim. So yeah. uh, it looks it looks like fun from a gameplay standpoint too. Yeah. Yeah, and just all the verbiage in the game is really like really well thought out and like your the weapon that you have, the gun that you have, they call it the they call it like the service weapon or something like that. Like everything has these very like cold calculated names that go with them. And the departments are like, you go to like central executive. It's like, you know, go to central executive, something's going on there. But then one of the departments is just called dead letters and you just go there and there's just like, like stationary floating everywhere. Um, And then one of the departments is called like, I don't know. There's like telekinesis and then there's like containment and containment is creepy because you're walking around this big containment facility and some of the like containment cells have people in them. And then 
one of the containment cells will just have like a fan or like a like a radio or whatever. It's not, like, it sounds like uh, that part sounds a little bit like the SCP thing I was talking about. I think last episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, secure, contain, uh, protect. Yes. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. That yeah. is. That I gotta is play this. This sounds like I like the footage, but you you've now convinced me that's, oh, yeah. that's pretty good. It is. It is. Besides Sekiro, it's the only game that I spent sixty that I've spent like full price on in the last like five or six years. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's well, well worth it. I highly recommend it to anybody, especially again, like if something like David Lynch or Stephen King or yeah, like House of Leaves, any of that sort of like very cerebral kind of like creepiness or like It Follows, it kind of has that vibe a little bit. Like any of that more cerebral horror, um, this is definitely your thing. I'm I'm into it. I'm gonna check it out. Cool. All right, so that brings me to my newer game. Uh, which I, I just, yeah, okay. So I'm going to start by saying that, uh, I don't play a lot of video games. I'm not caught up with a Were lot you trying of to say you're better stuff. than me. No, I'm just yeah, maybe a little bit, but, <laughs> but for other reasons. Um, okay. so, so the newer game that I picked was ghostbusters, the Sega Genesis game <laughs> from 1990. The reason I picked this game is because it is a little bit older than Altered Beast, <laughs> like by like three years. But that game is fucking creepy. Like the monsters in that game are creepy. Do you remember playing it? Yeah, definitely. I remember the yeah. intro being kind of creepy too. It's like a very dark sounding music we you wouldn't expect from Ghostbusters. It's not the Ghostbusters theme at all. No, 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 no. It's not at all. So the story is there's an earthquake, right? So the earth, there's a, there's an earthquake. In Manhattan, in New York, and now um, there's all these hauntings, and you have to go to these different hauntings, and you have to destroy these monsters and these ghosts at these hauntings. Um, there are only six levels, but they are all terrifying residential buildings. All of them are are residential buildings, and then there's a fucking castle. After you get the temp, the the stone tablet that you get from these residential buildings, they put them together, and now you have to go fight a bunch of ghosts in a castle. So. Yeah, I always liked that one. I used to play it over my friend's house all the time. Uh, the sound effects in that game and the music are really awesome. There's that like <laughs> yeah. fart sound effect you hear all the time, like every time you get hit. Oh yeah, it's awesome. Well, and, and you know, like the monsters, like you know, I will say this: like it's it's obviously not a, a super creepy game, but like the monster designs in it are really cool, and some of the 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 levels are like. Like these giant mazes and these puzzles that you have to sort through. And sometimes you'll walk into a room and you have to fight, like, I don't know, a giant flaming face that sticks out of the wall. Yeah. Or, um, you know, a fire slug. Or, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, a flying eyeball. So, um, you know, the, just the, the, the way it was designed was really cool. And I never beat it because it was another really hard game. Yeah, I never beat it either, but I, I really liked it. It, it had a lot of. I, I like the how the Ghostbusters were very like short, stocky. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it's Ghostbusters in big head mode. Yeah, it, it is gigantic so, fucking heads. They have giant heads. They only have the three like they have Peter Venkman, Ray Stance, and Egon. So I think it was made before the. Well, no, it had to have been made after the movie because the original Ghostbusters came out before the game. Yeah. yeah. They just um, left Winston out. Wonder why that was racist. So anyway, um, the game is a lot of fun to play. And, um, and I mean, you get like certain guns and stuff and they do these cool things. And my favorite, like one of my favorite ones, cause it's so stupid was like a bubble gun. 
And what you would do is you would shoot a bubble and it would capture the ghost and the ghost would just float away. Yeah. Slimer's in it too. He like if you shoot Slimer, he gives you like I think health or something. Uh if you shoot Slimer, he lays an egg and then the egg cracks in midair and then you get whatever came out of the egg, which is usually like some kind of energy. Yeah. Yeah. Like or you could buy like a Peking duck. That's how you like you got like uh energy. But there's one house in it, there's one place that you go that's like not only is it fire, but it's like dark. Which doesn't make any sense, like from a real world standpoint. But you have to buy um, like night goggles to go in it, and if you don't get them, like you only have the small circle of light around you while you like fight ghosts in the middle of this fucking building on fire. So it's it's kind of a crazy like. There's some there's some moments where you're like, ah, I wasn't ready for that, and then you have to fight like a an ice monster. The screenshots of this game look like Fester's Quest. Yes, <laughs> Dude, yes, it, it does. looks better than Fester's Quest. I don't know. Not by much. <laughs> yeah, not by much. I don't know. Fester's Quest was a garbage game. I, I like Ghostbusters. This whole yeah, episode it, is just becoming a big dump on Sega. <laughs> oh, I like Sega. Oh, there in the, in the final monster on here um, uh, throws its heart at you. <laughs> so maybe that's a that's a running theme of games that scare me is like uh, giant bosses that throw stuff at you, like throw their own body parts at you. <laughs> here, have this. And and my and my response is always no thanks, dude. Um, I feel like Splatterhouse is filled with stuff like that, like monsters that throw its own body parts, just at like you? goop and and garbage and shit that comes out of their own bodies, just gets thrown across the screen at you. <laughs> yeah, I, that's it's the worst. That's so gross. Ew, I don't like it. All right, so that was your new pick, huh? That was my new yeah my new pick because I don't play video games, and yet you had a switch before I did. Yeah, I mean, oh man, you I've have a kids. that's right. You have a switch, don't you, Shane? I do. Have you played Untitled Goose Game yet? <laughs> I have not yet, but that sounds awesome, brother. You got to get this game. I just finished it today. <laughs> you're just the whole premise of the game is that you're just a goose and you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like you just you walk around and you honk at people and then steal their things and throw it in the water. <laughs> it is the best fifteen dollars I've ever spent in my life. That sounds like the best game ever. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, when I search for it on Google, the second thing is Untitled Goose Game Tattoo. Oh, dude, people are apeshit over this game. Also, <laughs> oh. there's like there's an entire part of the internet that is just Goose Game memes. When did oh, it? Fantastic. When did it come out? Uh, it came out a couple of months ago, and like people just went nuts about it. Like my neighbor was like, "Oh my god, have you played Goose Game yet?" I was like, "What?" And he said the same thing I just said to you. He's like, you're just a goose and you're an asshole. And I was like, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> That's the best game ever. Like, That's like a goat simulator. Yeah. <laughs> I got one here. The, go- oh, the goose boy. is standing on an axe that is stuck in a stump and it just says peace was never an option. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Goose, Untitled Goose Game is, a, is like a, it's a culture. <laughs> wow. It's a, it's, yeah, it's an aesthetic. It's in a movement. It's so good, though. It's literally like each level is just you get a to-do list of things for you to do as a goose. And the to-do lists are just like trip the farmer, turn his radio on, steal one of his, like steal his pipe, <laughs> make him hammer his thumb. <laughs> Mess with the honk, you get the bonk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's pretty good. Sorry. So what's your yeah. game, Mikey? Um, I picked uh, I I just replayed it and it had been it had been a long time since I have. I played the sequels more recently, but I picked 
Dead Space. Nice. Ugh. Yeah, man. Matt, you played Dead Space, right? I played it a little bit. I actually, um, so when I used to do my old podcast, Life Leave Me Alone, we interviewed the guy who wrote Dead Space. No shit. Yeah, it's actually, it's the same guy who wrote Atomic Blonde. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, he's a British like comics author, and uh, that was like one of his first like big commercial gigs was they flew him out to LA to help like write Dead Space. So he like wrote Dead Space, and then he wrote, I can't remember what the name of the comic was, but he wrote the comic that Atomic Blonde is based off of. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a great, it's a, it's a game that has an awesome balance, I think, of story and gameplay, and it's fucking terrifying. It's so it's scary. Like, I couldn't, I can't do it. Like, I have too high, I don't know how you as a person with anxiety can, like, have a nice time playing that. I mean, because I, I, I don't know. I guess it is weird because I also hate like roller coasters and shit, but I can I can watch scary movies and play scary games. But do you do like haunted houses? Do you do like no? I don't I don't fucking like to be like I don't want shit jumping out at me in real life because I'm gonna react in a bad way, like just right swinging. Like I feel like yeah, you're like it doesn't make any sense because I feel like this is all shit jumping out at you. Yeah, but I, it's on a screen. I know it's not real. If I mean, even if I know the person's not gonna hurt me in the haunted house, I still it it, it makes me angry that they scared me. <laughs> so yeah, I guess I guess on the screen you are you are not only able but encouraged to open fire on whatever jumps out at you. Yeah, and in Dead Space, the whole thing is that you can dis you dismember the the aliens as they come at you. The whole game's like anyone who hasn't played it, which I don't know if anyone who plays modern games why they wouldn't have at least known what what this game was. But it's like if you mix Alien and Event Horizon and the Thing all together in like a big sci-fi horror meat bag. I mean, it's it's definitely one of the scariest games I've ever played, and it's one of the scariest games that came out during like the PS3 360 era. Um, it was, and it was one of the first I bought when I got my PS3. I played it before I played Bioshock. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, uh, like horrific looking game. Yeah. So basically the story is you play as this guy, Isaac Clark, which is a mashup of Isaac Asimov and Arthur C. Clarke. And what's cool about it is you're not a soldier and you're not, you know, some kind of mercenary. You're just an engineer, which is kind of like a callback to the, to alien because none of them were soldiers. They were just you know, grunts like semi truck drivers in space. And yeah. uh, you go on this rescue mission because there's this ship, the Ishimura, that's like lost contact. So event horizon right there. And then uh, you find it overrun with these things called necromorphs. Nope. <laughs> Which it's basically human beings uh, that and human tissue that's been reanimated and repurposed into these awful screaming alien monsters. Yeah, that sounds see, I like. That's I would have to play that in the daylight. There's no uh, way I could play it. Even in the daylight, it's I couldn't. I mean, I I legit I was playing it and being like, this is a, a great game. I'm not having a nice time playing it. I don't think I'll play it anymore. <laughs> I mean, it it is. It's very reminiscent of the thing, like when the you know before it's completely um, absorbed somebody, or when when it kind of shows its true sort of amorphous state. You know, like the head spider and the and the you know the just half transformed, but it's somehow even scarier. And and what is cool about it though, it's not just like gross out shit. There's the entire uh, subplot that drives it, the unitology thing. It's like a cult. And unitology is how is it not a stand-in for Scientology? It in the game, the imagery is very similar, and uh, basically the unitologists 
they they find this thing called the marker on a planet and they bring it over they bring it on board the ship and it's like this alien artifact it's like this weird sort of uh sculpture tower thing and it makes people go fucking crazy and then they kill each other and then they come back as necromorphs yeah and the unitologist it, it continues the story in the in the other two unitologists are all about convergence which is where they set a marker off and like a a massive city to create just an entire army of necromorphs an entire civilization of them and um you know you go through you're on the, you're in space most of the game and and it's kind of they keep you're with these other two people who you're not actually with they're radioing to you from different parts of the ship and they keep sending you on fucking quests you know you got to go fix this you got to go fix that you're an engineer but on the way you're just blasting the shit out of these things and you can't shoot them in the head like you would normally you have all these power tools you only have like one actual gun the other ones are power tools like you have a plasma cutter and um you have a buzz saw and you have to dismember them to kill them you have to cut yeah. their arms and legs off which is very tense when they're coming at you like Bleh! you have to pause and you have to like take a moment and aim carefully to blow their arms off yeah see i'm i'm like watching like clips from it and i do not like this <laughs> like i would i would have such a hard time playing this game no well, yeah i did not <clears throat> did not care for it i i the ending it's de- i mean it's very lovecraftian too in the end when you get to you go down to the planet to basically return the marker like get you know get it out of here <laughs> you come into contact <laughs> with this thing called the hive mind which if Lovecraft saw this thing, he would, I mean, he would just fill his pantaloons with happiness. This is this is everything that he ever dreamed of, like this creature that you have to fight at the end. Oh, it's it's How- horrifying. It's gigantic. It opens its mouth. You have to shoot all these like sacks in its mouth. How would how would Lovecraft describe it in his voice? <laughs> the terror was fantastically abysmal. Like when I see a black person on the street. <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. Yeah, he was, uh, like I said last episode, uh, amazing imagination, but a dickhead. Um, anyway, Dead Space uh, was sequeled twice. I love the other two. A lot of people give three flack, but it, it's, it's, it's a pretty good game. They're all of a very high quality. It's survival horror, but it's not... It's not just you running away from monsters. There's a lot of action. There's a lot of shit to do. As the games progress, you can you can actually upgrade your shit. It, it, I mean, it spawned a couple of animated movies, a comic, mobile game. I think it's far superior to any Resident Evil game, even 7, which I loved. And if you still got your PS3 or your 360, you really should try it. I don't understand why they haven't released you know, a, a remastered version. They've done like everything else. I don't get it. It's a bummer. I don't know. Yeah, I would say so, it's definitely more of like as or more, it's probably more effective than Resident Evil. Resident Evil has like, yeah, now nah, this does what Resident Evil sets out to do in a much more succinct way. Like I could make it through a Resident Evil. I couldn't get through Dead Space. And you know, the the development of the game, there's, you can read about it online. I, I don't need to recount it here because a lot of other people have, but it, it went through kind of a, uh, not development hell, but kind of a torturous cycle. And now EA that owns Visceral, who made it, they're just kind of like, fucking, they don't give a shit. Because the 3 didn't sell very well, so they just basically shelved it, which is a bummer because there's so much they could do with it. But um, So but I wanted to end it with three of my favorite things in the game. 
three of the scariest things. So there's different types of necromorphs, and there's one that's a giant fat one. Yeah. <laughs> and so it comes lumbering at you the first time, and you're like, fuck this, and you shoot its legs as very little tiny stubby legs, and um, you're probably going to miss because the legs are tiny, and you're going to hit the stomach, and when it falls over, it starts thrashing, and all these tiny little necromorphs come out, and they come at you. <laughs> oh, I hate that so much. The next thing that was scary as fuck you're, you'll be kind of traversing through a level and you'll hear like, and you're like, what could this possibly be? What fresh hell is this? So you turn the corner and what you see is, remember an alien when they kind of took over the colony or aliens and they took over the colony and everything was all biomechanical and drippy and shit? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, it's the same thing with this one, except it's all like human guts. So you yeah. turn the corner and everything is just, just, covered in human uh human shit and there is a guy sticking out of the wall and he has tentacles that are sort of ripping out of him and throwing these pods at you and it's obvious very it's obviously very painful to him because he screams through the entire thing and you have to sever each tentacle and when he finally sever the tentacles he stops screaming and dies i hate this so much <laughs> it was, it's very upsetting you want to make it stop. You're like, stop, stop, stop. Oh, my God. Literally, I'm watching, like, I, I pulled up some gameplay just to kind of see, and, and I'm watching this guy, like, play, and he's shining a flashlight in a dark hallway, and nothing has happened. I don't like it. I can't do it. I yeah, can't watch flashlight, it. Yeah, the flashlight mechanic is probably really what, like, triggered my anxiety the most was <laughs> the flashlight aspect of it. I just, yeah, I, I, I like to imagine the, like, scene of the making of these things where it's just, like, there's some programmer who's at his computer and then, you know, there's some art director like leaning over him just being like, can you, like, can you make it scream? It's like, oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, dude, we can make it scream. That seems like a lot. It's like, yeah, yeah, just, I want to see what it looks like if he's just screaming through the whole thing. <laughs> can you do that? And the programmer's just like, I mean, all right. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's, it's that's it's somebody, a lot, yeah. man. Ugh. The uh, there's a tentacle there's a the there's a tentacle monster that sort of dogs you throughout and it it like and it's, occasionally you're just walking and a tentacle bursts out of the wall and grabs you and you have to shoot it to let it make it let you go. But um, the third and final thing that really I think is just a really high standard of terror in these games. It comes from the second one. So I know I talked about the first, but the second one is the first one just just times 2. It's awesome. But you're on um you're on a space station that's overcome by necromorphs and <laughs> you go into the preschool part and you go into the gymnasium and it's where they, you know, it, there's all this scenery for a kids play and all of a sudden you hear um these like little laughing squealing things and a bunch of children necromorphs like 50 of them come at you in waves and you <sighs> have to kill all of them and they sound like babies nah i'm straight i'm straight on that yeah so i have a i have a, a like an un like an irrational fear of of zombie like zombie stuff yeah like like legitimately like i i recognize that it is something that is un like it's it's something pathological that's an issue for me and n i just don't ever need to play this game on any level i can't do it i would not be able to do it 
Well, um, yeah, so that was my pick, Dead Space. It's a lot of fun if you like horror. It's action, too, and especially fans of Alien. If you haven't played it, you really need to fucking play it, but you might have to buy a 360 or a PS3 to do that. So, yep. I don't have to do that. Is there any <laughs> hell saying worse? you, anybody who wants to. Is there any hell worse than Space Hell? Space Hell is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> that is now the title of the episode. I mean... I guys, I spend a lot of time thinking about hell, and I space hell is <laughs> it's bad. Like, it's like your thing. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of my thing. <laughs> it's kind of my job to like talk about this stuff. And I gotta yeah, tell you, space hell's bad, man. Space uh, hell's bad. Hellraiser, Event Horizon, Alien. It's really, it's really bad. It's bad. <laughs> it's because space doesn't fucking care about us. Well, because space is already sad when it's not hell. It's cold and uncaring. And Hope's Falls up there writing songs. I wonder why no one's ever <laughs> ever done any deep deep sea hell. That would be a thing, right? Because they say that like the deepest depths of the ocean is like as unexplored as space. Yeah, I would, uh, I would fuck with a deep a deep sea hell. I mean, that's where Cthulhu lives. That's what I was gonna say. Didn't Lovecraft do that? Oh yeah, yeah, the point. deep ones and uh, at the mountains of madness. I want to see more visuals of that. Well, Guillermo del Toro was going to do the movie, and everyone was just like, I don't, I don't know who doesn't have faith in that guy, but apparently not enough to get the fucking movie made, so bummer. Oh, the, for Into the Mountain, or In the Mountains of Madness? At the Mountains of Madness. At, at the Mountains of Madness. Because it, like, it's basically like a city that rises up out of the ocean, so it's been submerged for, you uh, know, yeah. eons, so yeah. yeah, and that's definitely like ocean hell, it's awful. <laughs> The angles, the angles aren't right. <laughs> I feel like any any hell is just un uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm sure. It, I'm sure it would suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Yeah, so I think it's gonna do it for us this week, right? <laughs> yeah. Like it should just be like, yeah, I'm sure that would suck. Boop, and then like no more episode. Oh, that'd be funny. That'd be spooky. This episode isn't gonna come out on Halloween. We got a little bonus for you guys. Coming on Thursday, October 31st, Shane and I had a conversation about horror movies, but you're going to hear this one first, going to come out uh, regularly scheduled. So um, yeah, happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. I think we forgot to say happy Halloween in the uh, in the actual episode that's going to come out on Halloween. <laughs> that's that's true. We did. Shit. I can't believe you guys. I, next, I would like to, can I make a request before we, before we're done? Sure. Yeah. I would like next year for Halloween to be invited on to talk about Halloween novelty music because I got a lot of thoughts. <laughs> okay. The Monster Mash is not just a good song. The Monster Mash is a good record. <laughs> I thought you were going to go into uh, uh, the Purple People Eater song. I like also great. I just I feel like Halloween novelty American rock and roll is a dead art form and I would like for it to get its due. Do you remember going to, was it Orlando Fest in that surf vampire punk band that played? No, I don't remember that. They were from Orlando and they played, the drummer played standing up. Oh, that's, that just sounds unfortunate. I'm talking about, uh, I'm talking about Boris Pickett and the, then the Crypt Kicker five. I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. <laughs> the Monster Mash, bro, dude, do me a favor. Legit. I think that you would appreciate it. Go on, I know you don't like to stream things, but if, if you have access to a stream or like YouTube or whatever, look up the Monster Mash record because mm. baby, there's like 12 songs on that record that are all like the Monster Mash. <laughs> you just fucking call me baby? Yeah. 
This is showbiz, baby. This is Hollywood. This is this is Halloween showbiz. Listen, my babies, you gotta check this out. <laughs> oh, it's Halloween showbiz. All right, yeah, rattle That's some right. bones. All right, here we go. Listen to the Monster Mash record. All right, well, I'll uh, I'll put it on my list. You're a real piece of work, Mikey. Oh, where where can they find us, Shane? Uh, you can find us on Instagram at I don't want to hear a podcast. You can find us on Twitter at I D W H I podcast. I always forget what our initials are. Um, Facebook is I don't want to hear it podcast. You can email us at all punks vs the world at gmail.com. Oh yeah. Rate us. If you like to rate us, um, or don't, that's fine too. I don't need your approval. So you can go over to our website, I don't want to hear a podcast.com and click the link. It came from the beach to hear our many, 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 many musics, uh, also including uh, Matt Moment. And click the link, Analog Boys. I post random shit there, bands, uh, band camp pages, interviews, and uh, all kinds of different shit, whatever I'm feeling like at the time. So we will uh, be talking to you guys this Thursday, Halloween. So until then, Annihilate this week. Do the monster mash. (laughs) And good night, Mr. Allen, wherever you are.